Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. And this morning we have a guest, Katrina Neal, chiropractor. Good morning, Katrina. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing quite well. Good. So Katrina is our chiropractor for both Kelly and I. And we invited you so that we could do a show to educate people about what you do. So could you begin, first of all, by just explaining um, your story about how you became a chiropractor? Sure. So I always was interested in maths and sciences going through high school. That was my forte, especially the maths. Uh, interestingly enough, that brought me to a science-based degree in Guelph. And um, when I was in Guelph, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I was thinking health field. I knew I didn't want to be a medical doctor. I wanted to be a lot more natural based. Um, it wasn't until the last year of university that I decided uh, to start looking towards what I would follow university degree with. A good friend of mine at the time was seeing a chiropractor and he said, why don't you go and see my chiropractor? He says, she's awesome. And so I said, okay, I'll give it a try. I had no clue what chiropractic was all about. And so you'd never been to one? Um, <laughs> my mother had brought me to a chiropractor exactly once for knee pain in high school, but I never followed through for whatever reason. So it was just kind of um, incidental. So what prompted your, your friend to tell you to go see his chiropractor? That's a good question. It just I, happened? I think it just happened. Okay. I think Was it just sort of like, did it just come symbiotically that you were searching for the career point and they thought, well, here's one? I think that was what it was all about. In it, The other thing I had done in high school is I had gone to see Dr. Marie Mitchell, who was a sports medicine doctor at the time. My dad brought knew him from high school, and so he brought me in and chatted with him a little bit. He was encouraging me towards physio, but it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. Okay, so I think this is really cool, Katrina, because you just pointed something out, probably without even realizing it. Quite often in high school, in grade 9 or 10, students are expected to know what they want to be when they grow up. And you've basically told the story of, I'm a chiropractor, and I didn't know until my last year. My last year of university. Of university. Yes. So you're, I think that's a wonderful thing for people to hear. So if someone's sitting at the kitchen table this morning having breakfast, and they've got a high school student as a son or daughter or stepson or daughter or grand, grandchild, and they're fretting in grade 9 or 10, they can sit there and go, eh, eat your eat your toast and eat your Wheaties and don't worry about it. She didn't know either till her last year of university. Don't be sweating this. We I think that's comforting because you're, you're saying you you followed something that was near and dear to your heart at the beginning. It was math. That's and, right. And, and math itself led you down the lane. So you're just talking about just letting something that was easy for you and that you loved kind of guide you and bring you there. Y Yes. Yes and no, right? <clears throat> because other th you're, because other things have to come into place. So go ahead with your story. Okay. Lots of other things have to come into place. And I have a funny story, actually, because when I finished high school, my parents would have loved for me to go to Nipissing. And I had 
no desire to stay at home. I wanted to go away. My soccer coach at the time knew the soccer coach in Guelph, and Guelph had a program in biochemistry that we couldn't get here in town, so that I picked biochemistry <laughs> in order because to be able to go away to play soccer in Guelph. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so things happen all quite coincidentally, right? Yeah. So I went, played soccer in Guelph, did my four-year degree. Um, then I ended up going and, and seeing this chiropractor. I volunteered with her for a while. I followed her around and I loved it. I loved everything she did. I loved the fact that people liked going to see her. It was just a wonderful atmosphere. People went in with a smile on their face. They left with a smile on their face and it just felt right. Amen. That's how you make me feel. Aww. Aww. (laughs) That's true. That is very true because... We look forward to going because we know we know what we're going to get. We know what our body needs. And that's part of why we try to do these shows is to educate people so that they can be in tune with their own bodies so that they know which way to go and which type of professionals that they need. Right. So and further into this conversation, we want to talk about that kind of circle that people can have in their system, in their healthcare system, and that you're one of those people. Okay. So can we then ask you what a chiropractor does? And Absolutely. just, yeah, because I think it's safe to make the assumption that there are a lot of people who still don't know uh, and are skeptical, but just kind of catering to the, not the definition, but what you do in a day and what you offer people. Basically, chiropractors, first and foremost, most of us people are coming in with a specific symptom. So the first thing that our goal is, is to try to help people with those specific symptoms. A lot of people do have the knowledge that chiropractic goes beyond just symptoms. Um, A big thing for us is we are specializing in anything to do with the muscles, the nerves, or the skeleton. And again, most people know what the skeleton is. Most people know what the muscles are. But a lot of people don't necessarily know what the nervous system does. The nervous system is like the electrical wiring of our body. And if there's anything interfering with that, it creates static on a phone line, which affects our ability to function. That was such a cool analogy. Well, and you're, you just beautifully pointed out that you don't just crack bones. And I, and I think some people still, even young people, still have hung on to that belief that you just are going to crack and, and they're afraid of that big crack sound or what it might do. And, and of course, that's why we've asked you to talk about it so that you can educate them. Right. So you're talking about muscle. Uh, and both Kelly and I know that because we know during our sessions, you massage, that you first begin by going over the body and feeling it so that you, um, and I'll say feeling it, meaning that you take some cream and you rub into the muscle. So could you explain that part? Why are you doing that as a chiropractor? Okay. Um, as a chiropractor, again, some chiropractors, everybody's got different techniques. For me, I think it's important to address people as a whole person. And it's important to relax the muscles before we do get in and do any adjustments or mobilizations or any other types of shifts that we're trying to accomplish in the body. With the massage therapy, in preparing for the adjustment, it helps to loosen up the body. I find that it also helps, A, for people to relax into the adjustment so that things will move more easily. 
And the other important thing is it also helps the adjustments to hold longer and better afterwards because then you don't have those same muscles creating tension, trying to shift things back to where they're used to being. Which is what you would refer to as out, correct? Uh, Correct, as being out of place, misaligned, subluxated. It's all different words for the exact same thing. So you're talking about muscle, bone, and nerve and how all three have to be seen as one unit functioning together and not separating that. Is that correct? So that if you're, if, uh, uh, you know, if someone's listening at home and has never seen a chiropractor, might understand why if they have a nerve issue, you're still the right person. If they have a muscle issue and the muscles are tight, it may be that pain is being caused by the spine. Is that correct? Yes, and pain can be caused by... A number of different structures. It can be caused by the spine, it can be caused by the joint, it can be caused by the muscle, the nerve, the ligaments, the tendons. So there's a lot of different structures that come into play. The other thing that's important to know is people can have misalignments or subluxations and never have any noticeable pain. It's not until we our, our bodies try to heal it and create inflammation that it actually causes pain. And the other thing with pain is some of the research out there shows that our brains only pick up about 15% of all pain signals going on in the body at any given point in time. Can I just throw in, except if you're Karen or Kelly Sarlow? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and this is true. Or if you're an empath. Oh, absolutely. And, And this seems to be something that's coming forward more and more lately for us is that more people are waking up to their levels of pain. At their own and other people's. So, but back to your converse, your uh, comment of and statistic of that our brain only registers 15%. That's unbelievable. It's crazy, isn't it? I'm really glad that you threw that out there because it helps explain a lot of the sessions that we have Mm -hmm. where as empaths and medical intuitives, we pick up on people's pain. But when we go to then describe it to them, they'll say, oh, no, I don't identify with that. Or, oh, no, I, I never noticed that. And, and I'm thinking it's so it's so obvious because it feels like a 6 out of 10, but their brain's only registering maybe the 7 or the 8 is what you're saying. That's right. Wow. It has to hit a certain threshold before people are actually feeling it. Now, and, and whether you know this or not is fine, but it's making me think, do people have to then hit a certain level of pain for them to register more than 15% or does it have to be uh, that they they're well I guess maybe if they're in that much pain and they're not noticing it aren't they now paying attention to even less it's a good question so people with high pain tolerance for example would feel even less than that 15% people with low pain tolerance would feel more than that 15% so and the reason that people would feel more or less is if there's a disruption in the nervous system things aren't functioning as they should Beautiful. Thank you. So Katrina, are you saying that if your your central nervous system is functioning well, does that mean that your pain tolerance level is high or low? I would think it means it's low because you're more in tune. Am I saying that right? No, you you are saying it right. I know what you're asking, and I don't know the answer to your question. Okay, it's so, um, it's a good question, yeah, and that's okay. You've that's got a- your central nervous system. You've got your peripheral nervous system as well. Both feed in. 
it's a good question. That's okay. We'll leave, we'll leave that wide open for people to think about. And okay. even another day. And this is why, you know, we like people like studies because they want to hear it as a factual percentage because then they can kind of place the information. So that's okay. Maybe each person has to think of it in their own terms. I, I like people who say, I don't know. <laughs> well, and again, there's a lot open. of unknowns out there too. Yeah, it so. leaves it open to asking more questions or better questions and finding more, more research. So I, I, I guess I want to ask you a question about the science aspect. Because this is where you, you had a love of, of math and science. I know, and this is kind of just for me. This is just a really personal question. Are math and science the same? There is overlap okay. between math and science. Uh, there's a lot of sciences that are very math-based, like physics, organic chemistry. Those are very strong science, uh, math-based sciences. Then you get things like biology, anatomy that aren't so much math oriented, but when you're trying to understand the body, you, you know, you're looking at things like physiology, where again, there's more math and pressure gradients and physics combined. So you're getting all sorts of combined math sciences. So that are they the same? No. Do they blend as a unit? Absolutely. Oh, I love what you did. That's so good. Because, and I said this to you earlier in the kitchen when we were just getting coffee and tea for this morning, um, that I had a client just recently that made the comment to me, oh, my husband's a man of science. He doesn't believe in chiropractic. (laughs) I was like, what? I didn't even understand that. And there is a lot of science out there backing up chiropractic. And if you can extrapolate not just specific research on chiropractic, but basically on the nervous system, and knowing what we do, again, blend it together, because one doesn't exist without the other. With chiropractic, it's very much an art and a science combined. When I first went to chiropractic college, I had to write an essay in order to apply, and talking about the art and the science combined and the importance of our hands and what they can teach us. When we look at what the actual meaning of chiropractic is, Cairo means hands, practic means to teach. That's wonderful. I didn't know that. So this was this a, um, a topic that was given or the topic that you chose? That was the topic that I chose oh. for my entry essay. Katrina, it, it, it rocks my world to have you say this today. And I mean in such, a, such an endearing way, I could just hug and kiss you. <laughs> because I think of all of the times I went into studying nine types of energy healing, where every single one of them had the intention to lay hands, to touch, or to to emote with energy, to set an intention. You're talking about, I think you're talking about an intention that you wrote in your essay. That's what I understood you said to 100%. say. 100%. And you might call that an art. You might call, We might call it all kinds of things, but intention is, is the, the crux of everything. It, it, it is the root. So when I think about... The, the intention that I set to want to use energy with hands, without hands. But when you talk about that chiropractic is to teach and to put hands together, that, that, that represents so many other things for me too. I think about parenting. I think about how parents want to put their hands on their children to care for them, to guide them, to teach I think it applies to so many things. I think about 
people who believe in churches or religions who want to lay hands uh, with an intention to love, to teach. Mm -hmm. There are so many different modalities, physios, massage therapists, doctors. There are so many average people that could resonate with what you just said you embraced so that you went into a field that could allow you to emote that physically and emotionally every day for people. This is true. (laughs) So this might not be a question for you. And if not, please just say no and pass it. Through my 55 years, I've seen a chiropractor since I was 16 on a regular basis. And I've had sciatica. And that was many, many, many years ago now, decades ago. But it was one of the most painful things I've ever had. I know for some people it lasts a very long time. For me, it did not. But I, but I think that was because I had a team of physio, massage, and chiropractic. So I, I saw three professionals during that period of time. And I was just wondering if you could explain sciatica because it's a very common thing. And I see that it doesn't just hit people when they age, actually. I've seen younger people with it now, too. And people in certain occupations, it seems to hit more than others as well. So I'm seeing it more in truck drivers and that they can come in and say, I need some energy work because this keeps coming back. So as a chiropractor, could you explain it? Absolutely. So sciatica is basically a condition where the sciatic nerve, which is probably the largest nerve in the body, is basically being interfered with. So whether there's direct pressure on it, whether there's a tension that's creating a pull on it, um, whether there's, you know, muscle or bone that's interfering with it, it causes a significant amount of pain. It can be burning, it can be hot, it can be sharp, it can be electric, it can be shooting going down the back of of the leg. There are different causes for that. One is basically just simple as tight butt muscles. So you, you've got your glute muscles and you've got your piriformis that can put direct pressure on the nerve and it can cause a significant amount of pain. I've seen lots of, uh, interestingly enough, hairdressers because they stand with their feet turned out. And as a result, those muscles are always tight, always putting pressure on that nerve. As we get them to stand with their feet straighter, it relieves a lot of pain and then you massage through you adjust the pelvis as necessary, and it relieves a lot of the pressure and the pain on that nerve. There's, again, you know, stretching, proper nutrition to make sure that your body is getting the nutrients it needs, keeping things well aligned. There's all sorts of different options that can help people with it. It's just basically to follow through to get looked at, because there can also be more significant issues that can cause a sciatic type issue. So it's not the type of thing that you necessarily want to self-diagnose, especially as soon as there's clear evidence that there's nerve involvement. You do want to have it checked because there can also be a disc issue in the lower back that's creating, again, a pressure, a stress, or a strain on the nerves going into that sciatic nerve, causing that leg pain. It's, um, It's something that I just, I'm hearing so often that so many people have the pain down the leg. Mm-hmm. And I know that the um, we've had MJ on, and we refer f- quite often to chiropractic and to massage and to physio, mm-hmm. um, as well as physicians, because we believe in like that there's a team. But as well, people hear reflexology to help uh, with the muscle, uh, with the all of the organs from the feet, all kinds of different things. 
So I'm hearing you also brought up proper nutrition. Absolutely. And how important it is. And I know from being in, in many chiropractic offices, including yours, that you promote and encourage a healthy lifestyle overall. So you've got flyers up in your office for all kinds of good things and vitamins. Yes. So do you do you feel that that's part of people's health, the whole like a whole community type of thing? I, I do. I think nutrition... Proper sleep and stress management are first and foremost the base of good health, regular exercise as well. Then you build on that and you look at, you know, different practitioners who can also help the process, help guide and direct you in order to continue to learn what's best for your body. Uh, That's where chiropractors come in. That's where physios come in. That's where massage therapists come in. We're just helping your body to fix itself or to help heal itself. Why are you not in hospitals? This is something I've wanted to know since I was 16. It's something that I didn't understand when I had car accidents and was rear-ended. And while I really do appreciate medical people, like and that by that I mean the MDs and the nurses and the, the staff at a hospital, that's not to put any of that down. What I didn't understand was what I really needed was a chiropractor and I wasn't allowed to have access to one in a hospital. I had to get my way out of one and then get myself um, to a chiropractic office outside of a hospital. Now, is that a good thing? There's, there's good and bad in it. Again, there's a time and a place where the medical route is the route that we need to go. There is a time and a place for chiropractic or physio or massage or any of the other types of, of care chiropractors can and do have hospital privileges. I have treated patients at the hospital. I've seen uh, a mom during labor. I've gone in and, and seen a uh, a patient who had some significant health conditions that was uh, uh, hospitalized for a long period of time and went in and treated quite regularly as I was able to in the hospital. Basically, so that is an option. Why aren't chiropractors part of the emergency care? It's, I guess it just hasn't progressed to that point. The acceptance for chiropractic is still growing. There's still a lot of doctors who refer to chiropractors. There are still some that are not there yet and are not accepting that there is more that can be done than just medicine. Like, I would think that if I'm, well, I, I did think this. When I was in the hospital and had particular situations, I I can value the medical doctor standing there with their toolkit because they have a toolkit. That's the MRI, the CAT scan, uh, drug repertoire, surgery. There's There's a variety of things they can offer me. And they've brought physios into the hospital to say they acknowledge that. And that's good. I'm happy about that. I'm not happy that they haven't included a chiropractor as a standard, and I mean this, standard care in emergency departments in in the emerge because you have your set of skills to assess and that's where you're triage that's where you're assessed so um, I put forward the motion (laughs) in my own little world here (laughs) that chiropractic should be part of that assessment there there's a skill set there for that just like there is for everything else that is there so to me, it's like if you add one more, you're just adding to the toolkit. 
And you're right. I, I mean, as a triage, the, the nurse would be able to say, oh, back pain, you need to see and be assessed by the chiropractor. Oh, it's uh, heart related symptoms, you absolutely need to see the doctor. So yes, would it be a valuable tool in a hospital setting? 100%. Even I know like MDs, they, they love to rule things out, which is fantastic. And I think, you know, going in for even something like a cough during a cold season where the doctor can say, it's just a virus. There's nothing in there. We've given you the antibiotics that you need. Uh, you've probably coughed yourself out of alignment. This is where I would suggest going to seek a, seek a chiropractor. And sure, maybe it is outside the hospital, but at least there's an educational point of, you may have done this to your body as a result of the coughing. People don't know that you can cough a rib out. True. You know, and, and even still, I think about, you know, Karen, you mentioned car crashes. And I remember my fall two years ago, uh, you know, I got assessed and, and my pupils were blown and they just said, you know, it's probably uh, a concussion. But there was no there was no follow up to say, here are the other professionals that can help you. It was to go home and rest. There, no one looked at my at, at whiplash. No one looked at. They said you probably have it, but there was no education on how to help help yourself. Yeah, and it it, it will very much depend on which practitioner that you see while you're there. Some are very very good to say, look at these are the couple of different options that you would have to you. You should follow up with one of these. Some will say, you know what, follow up with your medical doctor in a week and make certain that those symptoms have gone down. They're all options, and the more that people are educated with regards to what those options are, the better it would be for all patients. Yeah, and now I'm realizing, I'm thinking, maybe the people in North Bay that are listening are nodding their heads, but maybe the listeners in bigger cities are going, what are you talking about? My doctor does all of that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, may I switch switch topics for a minute? For sure. Um, I Karen brought up a really wonderful point just before you came over this morning about the progression of your career and how you may have evolved and changed in your own practice because you go through a schooling system which is an institution and you're taught a certain way but how have you seen your own practice evolve in terms of how you practice not your clients but um, how you learn and adapt to different bodies in different cases it's a good question when I was in school I was very much a show me the science Give me the research. Prove to me that this is for real. It is so interesting because as a practitioner, I've learned so much. And I've learned that there isn't necessarily the research out there proving every little point that works. But in practice, when people turn around and as soon as I adjust their upper back, they say, oh, my sinus is just released. And it happens over and over and over again from about, you know, however many different people. Nobody can tell me that that's not happening for them. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I, I, I love what you just said, because you're actually living something. And yet, some people still want to see that it, that's written in a study, and then I'll believe it. But you're talking about that you're living something. And that because, and this is the part, I think, Katrina, that's so important. When you live something, your proof is in the living. That's instead right. of, I have to find a study. And that when we really are embracing our humanness, that is how we want to live. We might want a bit of both. We might want to even balance a little bit of both of those things. But that, that's why I said to Kelly, I said, I, I want to ask her that, that kind of question where as you age, you change with what you've just learned. You grow with it. That's right. 
the other thing that's interesting, just kind of bringing it back to being in school. So going into chiropractic college, I really, well, I had never been adjusted. My first adjustment was in chiropractic college. Um, the way they set things up in the school is there's four years and there's 100 students per year that are accepted and there's a stream. So when I was in first year, I had a second year, a third year and a fourth year who I could go see and I could talk to and they would mentor me and help me through the process. The third and the fourth year also treated me and so that they were who introduced me to chiropractic and what chiropractic was all about and how to learn what it was going to do to my body. Going through my high school years, my teenage years, I used to have extreme cramping with my periods where I would be curled up in a ball. My whole family would know when I was at that time of the month. It was always an ongoing joke in our household. Um, When I first started to see my third year, she started to work on on my lower back and she worked on my false spine. She also worked on a muscle called the psoas, which incredibly, I mean, it killed me as she was working on it. But from the point in time that I started to see her, I haven't had a cramp since. Well, thank you, because I know you're doing that for me. (laughs) And we've both been in the same boat that you're talking about. And I had not had, we've gone through many chiropractors over the years, I've not had one before you even talk to me about the psoas muscle. Hmm. It's let interesting because it's touch huge. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes such a bit of difference. And, and so you're, t- but, and I would imagine too that men can experience pelvic pain. Men absolutely can. Um, due to a tight psoas muscle and that you can work on that for both men and women. Correct. Yeah. So back to you and how things have evolved. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I lost topic. <laughs> we jumped right into that psoas because it just, it does though. It dominates life if that bugger is all flared up. Oh, it does. And the thing is, is again, it was something that nobody really knows that, right? And and so that for my third year to have introduced me to that, it was amazing. And there is research out there about it. But again, people aren't being told well boy Katrina I would have loved to have learned about the psoas muscle in a health class in grade eight mm-hmm. or grade seven me too instead of you, of you're hearing about it in your third year of university in chiropractic instead of just finding a general anatomy class it would have been nice that somebody said and here's your psoas and all of you who are experiencing such and such this is a muscle you might want to stretch that's applicable yeah. You're, you're talking about something that actually is, is that the best word, that you can integrate in life, like um, a knowledge that actually works for you? For sure. I remember in secondary university lying on the floor of a friend's apartment in so much pain because I hadn't had a bowel movement in like two or three days. And her roommate at the time, who was also becoming a friend, was a massage therapist. She goes, oh, just lie down. I'll massage your intestines. And I thought, what? And she went in the proper direction. And within about 10 or 15 minutes, I was having a great bowel movement. And I thought, why would people not teach people this? Why wouldn't you want to know these things? It's it's like you're saying, basic function of, of the anatomy, which we all need. That's right. And it's the same thing with chiropractic. You stimulate, sometimes if a nerve is overstimulated, in the mm-hmm. lumbar spine, it affects the intestines and cre- can create things like diarrhea. Sometimes it's over, uh, uh, understimulated, and then you get constipation. 
as you correct what's going on in the spine, relieve some of the pressure or the tension out of those nerves, things work better. And that means bowel movements work better. Sleeping is better, easier. We tend to be more calm. Brings our fight or flight into check so that we can go from being in these stressful lifestyles to just bringing it into balance. Okay, I'll let it go back to you now. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so back to my progression through chiropractic and how things have changed. I think the biggest thing I'm going to say is I've become more open to just everything around me. I don't, as much as I like to have some science so that I can give it to others, I don't need it to the same extent anymore because I see what I see every day in my office. I see how much people are helped by it. I see that we can keep people minimally, well, for the most part, away from having to medicate themselves for symptoms that are very treatable through other means. Can I happy dance for that one? <laughs> well, and I say that, like, I mean, I'm all for an Advil. I, I'm, I'm all for something like, you know, in the moment. But but really, Katrina, if I have an option between taking a turmeric or, or something uh, anti-inflammatory fish oil versus a prescription drug, I would like to take that if it means that I can take the turmeric and the fish oil, change my diet, go for my walk, see my chiropractor and my massage therapist or physio or whatever, and then get back into being healthy again versus having to take prescription long term. And that doesn't mean that I don't realize that there are many instances where long term medications are necessary and work. I'm just saying in the instances where there's a choice. And if I if if it's possible to have the choice to stay with a hands on therapy and nutrition, that would be my first choice until I no longer have it. I was going to ask, like, and maybe I didn't word this well in the beginning, but when we talk about the progression of your, your own practice, were you by the book in the beginning and have things changed in the way you adjust, in the way you lay your hands on people? Like, do you, is there more of an intuitiveness after so many years or is it, this is the way it, it uh, I lay my hands on someone if they're complaining of these symptoms? Okay. And it, Yes, that is a different question altogether. So with chiropractic, again, as I was saying earlier, there's really an art and a science to it. How we go about laying our hands on people is very much an art. We are taught the mechanics of adjustments in chiropractic college. We are taught the knowledge. We are taught the background. We know the anatomy. We know the pathology. We know the red flags to look for and things that we need to refer out immediately. When it comes to the adjustment part of it, again, we're taught very specific techniques, but in practice, you do take that and you adapt and you modify and you learn what works. Each person that you adjust is very different. You use more pressure or less pressure. You know, we're not always doing the sharp cracking of adjustments either. A lot of times we're doing more of a gentle stretching or mobilization without the popping. We're using devices like activator on babies or elderly. So everything's always modified according to each individual patient so that you're giving that patient what they need and what they are comfortable with as well. And I think this is one of the biggest things with regards to chiropractors. People have this fear because they see movies where people are having their necks cocked. 
that's not what happens in a chiropractic office. And it is so important for people to speak to whoever their practitioner is and to let them know what they're comfortable with and what they're not comfortable with and have that dialogue so that you can actually enter into the treatment um, relationship together. Has my thought process changed as time has gone on? Am I listening more to? Oftentimes when I'm treating, my hands just go and I just follow where my hands are going and people will go, well, how did you find that? I'm like, my hands just find it. I don't necessarily do the same thing with every single person. There's some things that are common from person to person, but at the same time, there are times where my hands just go, oh, you know what, I'm just going to check this or my, my brain automatically makes a jump. And so, yes, do I follow my intuition? Yes, I do. Would I have done that early in practice? I think early in practice, you're so set on the thinking of it and all that you've learned and making sure that you're picking up on those red flags and making sure you're referring as necessary and making sure that you're not... Um, Is it like a checklist? Yeah. Yeah. It's much more regimented. And as you become more and more aware and more and more comfortable with your practice and more and more experienced and knowledgeable about how people's muscles respond, you learn how much pressure to put. Okay, yeah, to that point, I can put that much pressure. Oh, there. And, and you have to listen to the person. You've got to listen to their body. You've got to listen to your own intuition. And sometimes you have to just shut it all off and let your hands do the work. I love that. Thank you. It's something that I want to know that the professionals who are treating me do, because like you said, there can be a checklist, but we can miss things. And if everyone's different, then how, how do you get proper care? And, and it's in those moments when you talk about that, that I feel loved by my professionals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you feel, we feel that we're being seen and heard and we're being acknowledged and valued. And that's huge because, again, one of the first things that we learn in school, that if you listen to the patient, they're going to tell you all the answers. So if you take a really good thorough history, everything's right there. Katrina, does chiropractic involve feet as well? Can, can a chiropractor adjust feet? Absolutely. Um, everything happens basically from the feet upwards so that if your feet aren't working properly, then it's going to impact the rest of you. If you tend to overpronate or oversupinate, you can end up with shock absorption issues. You can end up with misalignment of the knees, the hips, the back, and the spine as a result. Can you talk a little bit about orthotics in that regard? Yeah, custom-made orthotics are one option. Arch supports proper shoe wear. There's a whole kind of um, spectrum of different options with regards to the feet. Proper support is huge because, as I say, everything that happens with the feet affects everything else in your body. So that if you're not getting a good, solid base, then it throws everything else out of alignment. Um, Custom-made orthotics are one option for correcting that. A lot of people do very well with just straight arch supports as long as they are fit properly for them and giving the amount to support that that person needs. There's so many products out there. Um, and again, there's along with the wide spectrum of different options, there's a wide spectrum of pricing as well. So there's something for everyone. So someone is going to maybe perhaps to get an orthotic done. It's good to be seeing a chiropractor at the same time, because as you're changing what's going on with your feet and the support, 
that's going to have an effect on the hips and the spine. That's right. It As you're making changes with the feet, your body will adapt to those changes. Chiropractic will help that adaptation to help a little bit more smoothly without flaring your body up with regards to these changes. Well, I'm cheating here because <laughs> I, I, I'm going through it. So I in the last few years, as I've hit my 50s, my I have had needed orthotics. So I see you even more often as I'm going through these changes because it is affecting how my muscles are behaving. It is affecting how my neck is re- responding all the way up my back. So I, 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 I led that because I already know, I know it because I'm living it. But I think sometimes people who are going through something like that, maybe have never seen a chiropractor, don't understand that when they're getting their orthotics, this can be of benefit. This is true. I like that you put quotations around 50s when you spoke. (laughs) Not only was it not a good use, it was humorous. (laughs) My boyfriend's grandparents uh, once said, uh, spend the most amount of money on things that keep you close to the ground. And so they were referring to feet, to the wheels of your car, to your bed, all the things that keep you grounded in life. And I just think that's wonderful because I hear so many people say I don't have the money for that when I'm referring to chiropractic, right? They think I'll see my MD because it's covered under OHIP here in Canada or Ontario, but they don't want to they don't want to pay out of pocket for something they don't yet understand as valuable. But you're talking about feet and how it affects the entire uh, spinal cord and well, the entire body. And that is where you want to put your investment. Katrina, can you talk a little bit about the brain and how chiropractic affects brain? Or is that too wide open or not thinking? It's a whole other topic. Um, But again, if we're... So you'll come back? (laughs) At some point in time. (laughs) Um, the, uh, The brain is part of the nervous system. So... Again, your nervous system is your brain, your spinal cord, and then all the networks of nerves that exit from the spine and go to all the other parts of your body. Again, if you can keep your nervous system working at its best through things like chiropractic, through proper nutrition, through regular exercise, through stress management, it makes a huge difference. And this includes as we age? So we're talking about for seniors with dementia, Alzheimer's, I, like I'm thinking about so many different processes as we age. Yeah. Because some of them we just think that's just the aging process. I'm getting forgetful. I'm getting this. And I, I brought this up on purpose because of those issues and how important it is to maintain uh, that health. And and I asked you specifically about the brain directly related to some of our aging issues because we are an aging society. There, there is a huge component of the baby boomers now. And some of them are still stuck in some old beliefs of, I don't believe in that. And it's and I'm trying to say, we have to lay down that and listen to somebody like you that's talking about, yes, it's science, but yes, it's also natural. Yeah, and I find there are too many instances where things are being blamed on age and it's not always the case. Arthritis is never normal. Is it common? Yes. Is it normal? Absolutely not. Are there things that we can do to prevent it? 
100%. And people accept different conditions, they accept different pains, they accept, oh, I'm unable to do this anymore because of this. And the thing is, is there's always ways if you want to do stuff. Sometimes it's a matter of modifying. Sometimes it's a matter of getting some treatment. Sometimes it's a matter of being retaught to do it in a different way. But the fact is, is we don't have to limit ourselves. And we don't have to accept that it's all part of the aging process. I have had 94 year old patients who are still going out and buying themselves exercise bikes as a gift to themselves. And I think, wow, <laughs> good for you. You're awesome. You know, so no, is, is it absolutely necessary that we're all going to become, uh, have issues with our memory, have issues with our function? We do gradually slow down a little bit, but it doesn't mean we have to stop. Katrina, would you consider coming back? For sure. Katrina, I want to thank you for taking time to actually come and talk with us. Uh, for people who are clients, they know that we're trying to share you constantly with our our small society here. Uh, but this is a bigger way to be able to share you and the people in your chiropractic community with others. And hopefully it's just opened people up just a tiny bit today uh, to more possibilities for their own lifestyle. Thank you very much for inviting me. Then we would love to invite people to submit questions for you. Um, and we also want, like through our website and through our email, info at bysarlo.com, and then we can get them to Katrina so that she can read them and come back and answer some questions. I have more. Uh, I, like there are more in my head about autism and cerebral palsy and diseases. And I know that that's where chiropractors can come in and still help and can do it naturally, especially when a system is already set at a high level of where people are experiencing pain or mobility challenges. And that some people think, well, they have, they have cerebral palsy, so they have to live with this. And that's not necessarily true. There are, yes, as with anybody on this earth, there are things that chiropractic can help with every single person out there. It doesn't need to be people coming in for back pain, people coming in for headaches. It can be just somebody who wants a good, healthy lifestyle, and we're providing the foundation for that. It's oh, perfect. You can check Katrina out on the website by sarlo.com. We'll have a picture up there of her for you and a way to reach you. Is that okay, Katrina? For sure. A way so that they can contact you if they'd like an appointment. And as we said, if they want to just ask questions uh, so that you can come back and do another podcast show, we'd love to do that too. People can reach us at info at bysarlo.com. And we hope you have a wonderful day.